We're gonna be talking about what to do when your physical passions, the sports and the activities that you really love are wrecking your body. But I need to explain something to you so you understand the thoughts that are constantly going through my head. There's this tune, there's this music that's just constantly rattling in my brain whenever this topic comes up. To understand today's video, you need some background. When I was in college, I went through a Radiohead phase, an intense Radiohead phase. Now, who the heck is Radiohead, you might be asking? Well, if you are in your 20s or 30s, you little rug rat, Radiohead is a band that rose to incredible popularity in the 90s and early 2000s with songs that just resonated with a pre-verbal melancholy in the hearts and souls of multiple generations trying to adapt to a rapidly digitizing and globalizing world. But since you grew up fully immersed in the digital age, you probably were a bit too late to have it resonate and you don't even realize the melancholy and anxiety you feel is actually not normal uh, until you get your first dose of prescription drugs or other psychoactive substances. And if you're in your 50s and above and never heard of Radiohead, it's probably because anytime you heard Radiohead's music, the overall sound of wailing and bizarre electric whatevers made you want to smash your own ears with a rusty hammer. The point of all this is twofold. Number one, I loved Radiohead in college and many of their lyrics have woven themselves into my heart and soul. And two, there is one line from one of their earlier releases that always comes to mind when I hear stories like the one you're going to hear today. So today I'm going to share the story of one person who likes to bike a lot and explain how it relates to these Radiohead lyrics that I'll probably be humming when I'm on my deathbed. So here goes the story. Hey Nat, I've been following you for over five years now, which means that I'm in pain for that amount of time. Right now I'm on a cycling holiday and I have cycled all the way from Holland. Garmisch Partenkirchen in Germany. And now I kind of have a problem that I can't walk normally anymore. The reason for my problem is hip dysplasia in my left hip and I only have pain in the left hip. The right one is fine. So let's just pause here. I get emails about hip dysplasia at least once a month and I will one day make an in-depth video on it. But to be brief, there have been large-scale studies showing that there is no link to hip dysplasia bone shapes and pain or arthritis or anything in the long run, which is again why I say always think muscles. And it's important also to notice the assumptions baked into some of this story from this bicyclist, I'll, I'll just call this person M, okay? And so you've got pain in one hip only, the bones are shaped wrong, therefore, it must be the bones that are the problem. This absolves the sufferer of any responsibility and makes them the passive victim on the journey into more and more pain. But we need to realize that the abnormal walking has shown up after doing a long, long bike ride. And based on this email from M, it wasn't happening before the bike ride. 
So if it were just the bone shapes, shouldn't the problem really have been there before the bike ride also? Mm. Well, let's keep going with the story. I know that with cycling about 100 kilometers every day, I'm putting myself really to a test, but cycling goes okay and almost without pain. So I'd like to be able to continue. So this person is able to cycle 100 kilometers a day, which is awesome. It doesn't hurt while cycling. Therefore, we can tell ourselves that cycling itself isn't the problem. It's maybe a little bit of a challenge to the body, but since the problem is really the bones and I don't hurt while cycling, cycling is okay. As long as I'm okay with the fact that I'm not able to walk after cycling. You do it to yourself. In preparation for the cycle trip, I did the Healthy Hips program for about seven months and I lost a lot of weight, about 15 kilos, and I've paid several visits to an osteopath to loosen up the hip. That is awesome. Thank you for using the Healthy Hips program. Thanks for just doing whatever you could to try to fix your body beforehand. Doing some work on the hip before this trip, great idea. Losing a, a significant amount of weight and trying to improve overall hip mobility, all fantastic ideas. Although I will say, I don't think the idea that you can just pay somebody like an osteopath to just loosen things up is quite right, but it's at least in the right direction. Now, it unfortunately does fall into the whole trap of the buy your way out fallacy, which I have talked about in a previous video and podcast. I will link to that in the description box. But in short, with musculoskeletal issues, movement issues, assuming you can pay somebody to fix you serves two purposes. Number one, it absolves you of responsibility and agency, which makes you feel a little better because none of this is your fault. It's just not your fault. And two, you can feel good about taking action or the appearance of, the appearance of action by having an expert try to fix things for you. And then when they fail, because it's impossible for someone to fix your weak muscles for you, you get to blame their incompetence for your ongoing suffering, which makes you feel better about yourself because now you've got this scapegoat, this high holy expert wasn't able to fix you, so your problems must be really bad and none of this is your fault. Okay, now let's get back to the story. I know I can continue. I did it last year with another cycling trip to Norway. On that one, I could not walk normally for the rest of the trip and it would be nice if this year was better. Do you have any tips, exercises, or recommendations for me which might help? You do it to yourself. So first of all, let's focus on the positives. This person, M, clearly has grit and diligence and determination. They know what they love, biking, and they want to pursue it with single-minded focus. That's awesome. M also understands that they can do some things to make their body better. Also awesome, fantastic. But they are not yet fully committed to solving the underlying issues and they're doing it for reasons that I recognize because I've gone through this same struggle myself and I've seen many people go through this as well. You do it to yourself, you do. I used to love playing hockey. Even when it hurt to play, I'd still keep trying to play, hoping that somehow playing more would magically fix the problems that kept cropping up. I kept thinking maybe if I just got my body used to doing these things really quickly, I'd just feel better, but unfortunately all that hope just didn't pan out. At some point I had to say to myself, self, 
this is making things worse. We need to take a break from this hockey thing, even though we love it. It's taking away from comfortable, normal, physical function. And then I spent years rebuilding my body to be able to play hockey and live comfortably away from the rink. I've heard multiple versions of this story from tons of people, clients, viewers, whatever, over the years. You really don't want to give up the activity you love for any period of time. I get it. Believe me, I get it. I've been there. But here's the thing. If your passion is literally taking away your ability to do normal, everyday things, basic fundamental things like walking, then you need to ask yourself what the f you're doing. Because guess what? You do it to yourself, you do. You're doing it to yourself. You are literally crippling yourself. And yes, we can always tell ourselves stories that it's someone else's fault or act in ways that put the onus to solve this problem on others. I could have blamed and also kind of did blame chiropractors, massage therapists, acupuncturists, physical therapists, doctors, the manufacturers of painkillers, etc., 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 for failing to take away my aches and pains for me without any sacrifice on my part. But ultimately, what good does that do? What good did it do me? I would still be in pain and I'd be annoyed at the perceived failure of others if I kept thinking in this way. This person M is pedaling towards disaster because cycling meets other deeper needs than just physical comfort, whatever they may be. Maybe it's an escape from the stresses of life or a respite from difficult emotions. Whatever it is, it's powerful and it is important. I felt that way about hockey. I feel that way now about surfing. But here is advice for everyone who is going through this mental and physical struggle. If the thing you're passionate about cripples you, you need to be honest about it and figure it out. So number one question you gotta ask is, can you do something differently to negate or mitigate the negative effects, okay? That's number one. Number two is how much crippling are you willing to accept if you can't effectively negate or mitigate the effects? So let me talk about this in a personal way. Currently, I love surfing. When I surf for long periods and don't do maintenance exercises to counteract the repetitive motions and positions, my back and my shoulders get crazy tight. They get real stiff. I get stiffness through my ribs all the way into my low back and it starts to hurt, like my low back will hurt. My shoulders will just be like, oh God. And I'll, I'll get pinching in all kinds of places. If I do enough exercises to mitigate the negative effects, it's not a big deal, right? If I stretch enough, I do enough strength work, but if I don't, for whatever reason, my low back can kill me ongoing for weeks. So am I willing to suffer with back pain some days? Yeah, some days I am. Even though it's not logical, the answer is yeah, I just don't want to stretch, so whatever. Some days I just don't want to do the exercises that fix or prevent my back pain. That's just how it is. You do it to yourself, you do. But am I willing to suffer like that for months or for the rest of my life? No, because I absolutely hate feeling crippled and feeble. I've already been there in my life and I do not like living like that any more than I need to. The point here is that you need to honestly assess the relationship between the activities you are constantly engaged in and the condition your body is in. 
then you need to decide whether you are willing to put in the effort to learn how to mitigate or fully negate the impact so you can continue to do the normal things that you need to do as well as the stuff that you really truly love doing. And while you won't always get it perfect every single day or every single week, taking this approach will help you be more mobile, healthy, and strong in a more well-rounded way. Because while it's impressive to be able to ride a bike several hundred kilometers without pain, it's much more impressive when you are also able to mount and dismount your bike smoothly and walk in and out of your home without hobbling and limping. Now, I've seen guys play hockey even when they can barely walk properly because the game of hockey does something for them and for their spirit uh, that's just amazing even while it's grinding away at their body. I've seen, I've seen old surfers with multiple spine and joint surgeries who walk like they've been on a horse all day because they ride a longboard and they do the same thing, they don't care. The common denominator is an unwillingness to look a little deeper than just the pleasure and joy derived from the passion. The unfortunate consequence is that the passion ultimately cannot be sustained because the body fails from lack of proper maintenance. So you have to ask yourself if you really love what you get from whatever the sport is or whatever your activity is that you just you're just so obsessed about gotta ask yourself, are you willing to learn how to maintain your body so that you can keep physically pursuing that passion? It takes work, it takes time. Because if you really do love this thing, it might be worth putting in that work to keep your body ready and able to pursue that, that physical passion and still be able to do normal human stuff like walking around without a massive, massive limp. Now, I'm curious to know what your physical passion is and how you keep your body ready for it. Or if you don't, how does that affect your body? What have you noticed when you pursue your physical passion, whatever that sport is? Share it all in the comments down below. If you're looking for a program to help you rebuild your body from head to toe, go to uprighthealth.com DIY. I suggest you check out the Back Pain Fix or any of the other programs. Find one that will work for you. I also wanna say a huge thanks to the following new Patreon patrons who pledged $5 a month to support this channel, me and the skeleton here. Thank you! Vicky, Jen, Andy, Mary, James, and Anne, thank you so much for joining and supporting me on Patreon. If you want to support me too, use the Patreon or donate links in the description box or use the join and thanks buttons you'll find on YouTube. And also, please, if you haven't already, sign up for my newsletter on my website so we always stay connected at uprighthealth.com newsletter and be sure to check out these videos. Like, share, and subscribe with the bell notification on. And as always, I hope you remember that pain sucks. Life shouldn't. You do it to yourself, you do.